Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, have you or a loved one been personally victimized by the dusty brown Buick rendezvous in front of the Evergreen Cafe, you know, the spot on Penn Avenue in Point Breeze? Some kind of car has been blocking traffic in this exact parking spot for nearly 50 years. We're throwing it back to a conversation where host Megan Harris finally found out why. It's Monday, August 21st. I'm Mallory Falk, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm with Hannah Kinney Cobry, who wrote a really fun piece for City Paper. Hannah, welcome first. Hi, it's nice to be here. Second, where do you live? I live in Point Breeze, so I live around the corner <laughs> from the Evergreen. <laughs> I've been an East Ender, but the specific thoroughfare is brand new to me. I love how mad people are about it. Have you been in traffic there? Like, do you understand why people are mad about it? I do. Like, I have had to move around the car before. You know, like, I've been one of the afflicted. And that's the thing. Like, it's that it blocks traffic yes, it in this blocks... specific spot that it's too narrow. Yes. So, like, there's two lanes on Penn Ave, and it blocks, like, and this is before Penn and Braddock meet. So, like... During certain times of day, there's a lot of traffic there of, like, people trying to get yeah. to the square or whatever. Especially when the bridge was out. Yes. Uh, which <laughs> w- I think also has kind of, is one of the reasons there's so much, like, long suppressed anger is, like, the year the bridge was out, people were kind of losing it even more than normal. But, yeah, it blocks one lane of traffic. So, like, if it's parked there, you have to go around. Um, and it creates kind of a bottleneck, which I think has caused much frustration over the years. And the car there, it belongs to this guy, Phil. He's the owner of the Evergreen. What is this bar like? Like, what brought Phil there? So the Evergreen Cafe, it's a bar that's been there. I mean, I can't remember exactly the date from the article, but it's been there for, I mean, Phil is 65. So it's been at least 60 or 70 years. And so I guess to explain my personal connection to it is that yeah. my uncle, who was married to my dad's sister, is Phil, the owner of the Evergreens brother. And it was like a family bar. So like the entire time he was growing up, as he was telling me, like he and his brothers would always like go into the bar and, you know, like clean it to make extra money in high school. Can you describe the space for me? Like the just the general vibe? Yeah, it's like a very divey dive bar. So it's like cheap beer. Of course, that's a Pittsburgh tradition. I know, it has to be cheap beer. Um, <laughs> it's like there's a lot of regulars there. Like if you come in at like a certain time, you will see people all watching Wheel of Fortune together. You had a photo in your piece that had John Wayne in the background in front of like some wood paneling. And that feels like very true to a very specific kind of spot in the city. Yes. And it's I mean, that's the thing is that like it, there's a bunch of random decor in the bar, but it's like very much all decor that I think 
comes out of like the bar's history or like the Bacharach family particularly. <laughs> so like the John Wayne, for example, Phil's mother, Lena, who I met uh, before she passed away a couple years ago, she I like would go over to her house sometimes when I was growing up just as like a big family gathering like Christmas or whatever. And uh, she had a wall in her house like devoted to like she loved John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so, know, I know this wall. My grandmother had a John Wayne next to Jesus next wow. to Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it was the it was the Holy Trinity. <laughs> That's a beautiful, beautiful trio. Right. Um, so a lot of your story was built on social media complaining. Um, did you have any favorite comments that you saw? I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, should I pull them up? Yeah, why not? Do it. All right. Let's see. Pittsburgh personified. <laughs> so the original Reddit post, I'm just going to read it off my phone. Yeah. So the original Reddit post that got a screenshot reposted was... To the asshat parked on Penn Ave near the intersection of Braddock at 3.15 on a rainy Friday afternoon. I wish you a weekend full of diarrhea with no toilet paper. Wow. So already we're getting kind of the sense of uh, extreme, extreme anger that people have. Yeah, Pittsburghers have venom in very, like, specific ways. Yes, they do. Um, so let's see. Thank you. It's been like 18 years of wondering, pent-up aggression. This one post is worth about 20 therapy sessions. Wow. Okay. And then some one person said, which I actually do see a point of, this isn't even a negative comment, y'all gonna miss that one car when they turn the whole area into luxury condo developments in a condado taco. Oh, that's a deep burn. I Nobody's know. ready for that. I know. It's true. We can't handle it, but it's true. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. So let's get to why uh, Brother Uncle Phil is there. Um, according to the city, he can legally park there. Can you explain the rules around what he can and can't do? Yeah. So if you look at the sign in front of the bar, it only prohibits parking Monday through Friday from 2.30 to 6.30. So any time outside of that, so like the weekends or before 2.30 or after 6.30 are technically fair game. Is it just literally physically one parking spot there? I saw no, the sign, but you can't the, quite it's tell. it's a whole stretch of Penn Ave. But you nobody can, else does it. Yeah, no one else does it. Like sometimes you will see people parked on the other side of Penn Ave. But like, yeah, there are parts of Penn Ave that you can park on and he's just the only one 
whoever exercises. Yeah. So it's not that it's illegal. It's just that he has the audacity. Yes. He is stubborn. He's committed to it. He thinks it's his birthright and he's sticking to it. Well, but in the Reddit comment you just read, you said that that person saw him there at 315. Uh, So do we know if Phil is abiding by the rules? I don't know. I he would not reveal that to me. He he basically did say to me that he does. So I do wonder. I mean, I don't know. Um, (laughs) And maybe some other intrepid person can go back and ask him. Um, But I will say that I do wonder how many people don't realize that, like, on the weekends, it's fair game for whenever. So, like, you might see him park there between those hours on, like, a Saturday. But I don't know. Yeah. Where does Phil park between 2.30 and 6? Did you He probably you ask? parks around the corner because, like, there's a bunch of side streets. Yeah. Um, and so either that or he's just not there. Because also the thing, too, is that he lives, like, really close to the bar. Like, he lives, like, a couple blocks away. And this didn't make it into the article, but he says to me, like, the reason I drive my car and park there, even though, like, I live close by, is because, like, I have to go get liquor, you know, I have to go, like, take bottles that need to be recycled to Construction Junction. So, like, I do need to, like, bring my car because, like, I need it to run the bar. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, We here at CityCast Pittsburgh tried our best to figure out uh, who is even in charge of those parking spots, um, like how it gets approved in the first place. I'm pretty sure it's the zoning department, but I did not get any response from the city. Um, Public safety said it's not on them, that they only enforce the parking. Um, So it remains a mystery. I was surprised how difficult it was to Google my way into this answer. Yeah, I also attempted like to see if I could get a reason for it when I was working on the article, not because I was approaching it from like a true like journalist hard hitting perspective. Uh, I kind of meant it more as a profile, but I also could not get any answers. (laughs) Well, so if Phil knows that he is being so much trouble to many hundreds of Pittsburghers over the years, um, I guess even some car crashes that you wrote about, too, that he he has been personally victimized by his own parking. He told me his car has been hit, different cars over the years, has been hit over 10 times. So why keep parking there then? I mean, he is committed. He is stubborn. And I think, like, his dad parked there before them. He's been parking there for 50 (laughs) years. And I think he's like, I'm just going to keep doing it. You can't stop me. And I also think, too, he said to me, was like, There's a lot of things in the city that don't make any sense, you know? Well, I mean, people save spaces all the time. You think about parking in Lawrenceville, which is, like, kind of a nightmare, and you'll see people, you know, trying to, like, do whatever they can to reserve a space. The parking chair, cone, actual whole table, like, that's a time-honored tradition. Yes. And, I mean, Phil has the cone with the flag, and that's his... That's his thing that he uses. But he is... He's just like, this is my spot. I can park here. I'm allowed to park here. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like, he just does not care. Does it bother him that he's been hit so many times? Uh, no, he he seems pretty relaxed about it, which is surprising to me because if my car kept getting hit in the same spot, I don't think I would feel the same way. But um, yeah, I mean, in the story, I talk about how he's had at one point one of his cars got hit and he was like, great, I'm so excited about this because I hated that car and now I can get a new one. Good for him, honestly. Um, Well, so I know uh, social media was a big part of why you started this piece in the first place. Um, Have you heard anything from people since now that they have met the man behind the Buick? I certainly have. Uh, I yeah. So this kind of it it definitely blew up (laughs) on social media, which 
on one hand is great for me because my actual like full-time job at City Paper is to manage the social media. <laughs> well, uh, this was great for you. So if you said something about the article, I can guarantee you that I saw it. And if I didn't like it, I'm just not acknowledging it. I'm I'm embodying Phil, actually, uh, in my attitude towards it. Um, but yeah, so I got a lot of comments. A lot of people, I think, read it and were very mad at Phil. I think maybe it only added fuel to the fire, which I felt a little bad about almost like just on the level of like, even though I don't know Phil particularly well, I'm like, I don't want to blow up, quite literally blow up his spot. Because uh, <laughs> a lot of people, too, were like using it as a rallying cry, like, yes, like, let's call the city and like, we're going to get this dealt with, like, call your city councilor right now, like... As if that, you know, was going to be the thing that somehow changed the parking regulations on this mysterious stretch of Penn Ave. I mean, activism can take down a jag off here and there, but I we'll see if it fills one yeah, of them. Yeah, I would be shocked if it did, because I also think even if they tried, Phil just like wouldn't acknowledge it and would keep parking there. Um, but yeah, I, I saw a lot of comments. I think a lot of people thought that he came off as uh, like very smug or very sanctimonious, which I didn't feel like that because he's like a pretty, if you go into the bar, he's a pretty nice guy. You know, he's nice. He's chatty. He does his job. Like he doesn't mean it with any malice necessarily. He's just stubborn and he doesn't care. I think I meant for it to be funny. And a lot of people like saw it more as like a condemnation of Phil. Uh, which was interesting to me. See, to me, I read this and I'm like, this isn't Phil's fault. This is the city. This is the city for allowing a parking problem to persist for more than 50 years. Yeah, like it's a structural problem and not an individual problem. But Phil is, I guess, just the messenger in this case, uh, who is just, you know, committed to upholding the messed up parking laws <laughs> of Pittsburgh. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for bringing us this story and for telling us the tale of Phil. Hey, it was my pleasure. Before you go, here's lead producer Mallory Falk with a little more news. We're going to keep it traffic focused here. The 30th Street Bridge has fully reopened. That's the bridge that connects Troy Hill to Hers Island. It had been partially closed for a renovation project since April. It was down to one lane of traffic, the sidewalk was closed, and drivers couldn't get to the bridge from a number of streets, including Rialto. The renovation, which cost more than $1.8 million, included replacing the bridge's expansion joints, repairing railings, and upgrading lighting. And the Pittsburgh Parking Authority is doing a study to see whether it should sell off any of its property for redevelopment. Pittsburgh Union Progress reports fewer people have been parking downtown since the start of the pandemic, and that means less revenue for the Parking Authority. It approved a $75,000 contract with a consulting firm to conduct this study. One potential site for redevelopment is a former garage downtown at the corner of 9th Street and Fort Duquesne Boulevard. The study should take about four months to complete. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. RIP vehicles. Yeah, RIP vehicles. <laughs>